0: So, if you are new to Riverridge Church this morning, or if you haven't been here in 2022, we are in the middle of a sermon series titled Four Reasons. <clears throat> and basically, what we're doing over the course of this series is we're looking at the why behind the what. There's definitely some things that many of us have heard. In church, whether this is your first time in church or a long time in church, you're, there's things that we as Christians are supposed to do. And so for this series, we're looking at the, the why behind maybe some of the what's that we've heard over and over again. And so this morning, the what that we're talking about is prayer. And, and even if this is your first time at River Ridge, your first time in church anywhere, chances are that you've heard that Christians are supposed to pray, Uh, and you know and maybe you've heard that you're like wow i'm not that good at prayer or i'd like to pray better or whatever your response is i think it's something that we're familiar with prayer is something that is all throughout god's word and all throughout the church jesus gave the most famous prayer called the lord's prayer which many of you could probably recite but before that he gives a couple of kind of explanation there's a couple of thoughts on prayer and i'm not going to read all of it but this is matthew chapter 6 right before the lord's prayer and i'm going to read a phrase from three different verses and he says and when you pray you must not be and when you pray go into your room and when you pray do not and then he continues on and i read those three in sequence like that because i want you to see that phrase it says and when you pray that there's an assumption by jesus that prayer is going to be a part of our lives. Paul, as he's writing the letters uh, to the various churches in the first century, he mentions prayer in, I think, every single letter, but here I'll highlight a couple of them. In 1 Thessalonians, he says, pray without ceasing. Romans chapter 12, be constant in prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Colossians chapter 4, continue steadfastly in prayer jesus teaches about prayer paul writes about prayer in the old testament the entire book of psalms all of those psalms are prayers to god and so we know that prayer is something that we're supposed to do something that's important something that god says to do but i think for a lot of us we struggle with prayer and i think we struggle with prayer for a variety of reasons i think for some We only pray when we get in trouble, like things are going wrong, I'm getting a ticket, I have a test, I didn't study for it, and then we, okay, I better pray, and sort of a last resort type of thing. I think for other people, prayer looks like some combination of a hospital admittance list and an obituary, that the only time that you pray is like when somebody is sick or somebody's died and you're praying for their family. You know, others, like myself, struggle with prayer because I get distracted. And I don't know how this happens, but I'll be praying for, you know, the church service, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking about Gatorade and a tennis match and the Bengals playing. I'm like, how did I get there from praying? And my mind is just like, how did I even get there? I don't even know. I get distracted. You know, sometimes we get a little frustrated with prayer because of unanswered prayers. We pray what we think is a good prayer, and God doesn't answer, and we're like, man, what's the point? Does prayer even work? You know, I also come across some people, and I even feel this way about myself sometimes. I'm like, I just, you know, people are like, I just don't think I'm good at prayer. You know, it's sort of like singing. Like, some people are really good at singing, and other people are bad at singing. And some people are good at prayer, and I'm just not one of those people. And and that's not true, but we kind of tell ourselves that. You know, or the other thing could be about prayer that maybe is a little bit of a frustration or a struggle is that you pray and you close your eyes and you're praying in your head or maybe out loud or however it is, but you pray and it's like, is anybody really on the other side of that? Like It kind of feels like I'm just praying to the air or praying to blankness or praying to a wall or whatever. And is there really a being over there that is hearing me and what I'm praying? And so we all have our different struggles with prayer. But I think for most of us, we say, but I want to get better at prayer. Now, I have a question for you. This is not a rhetorical question. Somebody answer out loud. You can type in the comments if you're watching online. Uh, But what is the title of this sermon series? Anybody remember? Four reasons. Oh, good God. Most of you got it. Good job. So, four reasons. And the title implies that for each message we're going to give four reasons why to do that so we did four reasons why to read the bible four reasons to have fellowship with other people today four reasons to pray but here's the problem is this week i I read on prayer read some chapters of books i've glanced over some books i read some articles online i searched the scriptures and the bible and and the problem is that there's way more than four reasons to pray. There are dozens and dozens of reasons. And, and I thought, you know what the best thing to do would be? is like if everybody wrote a sermon on prayer. Because there really are, there's dozens of reasons to pray. Here's a few that I came across. Jesus prayed. It's a good reason to pray. It connects us with God. It does that. Gives us power over evil. Keeps us humble. It grants us the privilege to experience God up close and personal. Personal—that's a great reason to pray. Prayers are answered, and when God answers prayers, that we can tell other people about how good God is. It strengthens our relationship with other people when we pray. It does that. Prayers of thanksgiving keep us encouraged when we thank God as part of our prayers. Prayer works. Prayer strengthens us. Prayer gives us hope. And when we confess as part of our prayers, it keeps us right with God. You know, there's a lot of reasons. Those are 12 reasons, but I could give you two dozen or more different other reasons. And so as I was thinking about trying to come up with four reasons, I'm like, what if everybody wrote a sermon and everybody then had to share your four reasons? That would be amazing. We're not gonna do that, but you would get a lot out of that. But here's what I think would happen, is that everybody would have different reasons you know some over here might have four reasons and somebody here would say well one of those reasons is in my top four and and then i've got three others and this person would would overlap with this person and so in thinking about that i'm like i don't think that the reasons to pray are going to be the same four reasons for everybody and so this is what i'm going to do this morning it's just a a little bit different but i'm going to give you four reasons to pray and these are not the big capital t-h-e the four reasons to pray these are four reasons that I pray. And, and you may say, yeah, those are the top four reasons for me. You may say, you know, I kind of resonate with one but not the other three, and these would be my reasons. But I want you to kind of think as I'm giving you my four reasons, what would you put down as your four reasons, and would they overlap or not? So here's the first one. Why pray? Prayer changes the world. Prayer changes the world. It it changes the things around us. Here's what Jesus said. He said, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And so Jesus says, I want you to ask. I want you to seek. I want you to knock. I want you to ask for things. And when you do, God is going to answer you. And so prayer changes things. John, who was a disciple of Jesus, wrote this in the book of 1 John. He said this, he says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him says when you ask god will give and we see this all throughout the scriptures i just picked two but we see this throughout the scriptures is that god answers our prayers there was a pastor from the 1800s named charles spurgeon and he said something about prayer i don't even know what else he said but this one has stuck with me for a long time he said this he said prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence don't you love that prayer is the slender nerve That moves the muscle of omnipotence that when we pray God responds and that's why I have a bunch of different prayer lists I have a prayer list of people who aren't yet believers and I pray for them I pray for the people in my men's group I pray for the people in my life group in my home group I pray for the church staff I pray for my family. There's a list that comes out from River Ridge. I pray for those needs as other things. As people mention this up to me, I pray for those because I believe that God answers our prayers. I want to take you back to a weekend. It was actually seven years ago this weekend. Uh, and it was a time, and I know it was this weekend because it was uh, Ben's birthday weekend and we took him to Cincinnati, and today is my son Ben's birthday. He's now 17 years old. I guess he can go see Rated movies today. Hopefully he didn't choose that. But anyway, um, but here's the thing is uh, that weekend, uh, Riley, my son Riley, who is 20. Two I think <laughs> something like that, um, but that was a time uh, that weekend he just kind of hit rock bottom in so many ways, was just running from God and made all kinds of bad choices that weekend um, and I won 't give you details that's his story to share, not mine um, but that weekend, uh I really began to pray fervently for Riley, and I wrote down in my notes way back then the things that I wanted to see in Riley's life because he was really running from God in so many areas of his life and so I, I put it in my notes and through the miracle of technology they're still in my notes on my app so I'm going to read a few of these to you so this is my prayers for Riley when he was 16 17 years old to be a person who owns his own faith and then I've got a couple of subpoints. I won't read them for you to be a person who treats others with love and respect to be a person who has the fruits of the Spirit. To be a person who serves and puts others first. To be a person who is thankful and grateful to God and to people. To be a person who has a good work ethic with school and sports uh, and work. To be a person who's responsible and owns responsibility for himself. And a couple of points under that as well. And um, you know, some of you know Riley and, and some of you don't know Riley um, But if you were to meet Riley today, like those things are true of him. Like every one of those are true of him. If you knew him when he was 17, none of those things were true of him. And I look at that and I go, God answers prayer. God answers prayer. And so we pray. And I'm not saying that Riley is perfect or anything like that. But man, to see God answer prayer in his life is astounding. You know, I also recognize that one of the obstacles to prayer is God not answering prayer. And sometimes we get frustrated with that, and we're like, why didn't God answer my prayer? Like, it was a good prayer. Why didn't God answer my prayer? And we say that, but we actually mean something different. So we say, why didn't God answer my prayer? But you know what we really mean is, why didn't God answer my prayer the way that I wanted it answered? That's really what we're saying when we ask that question. But the fact is that God does answer all of your prayers. And sometimes he answers it with yes, and sometimes he answers it with no, and sometimes he answers it with not yet or wait. John wrote about prayer in 1 John 5. I want to read part of that verse to you again. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And it's that phrase, according to his will, that there are some things that we ask for that are part of his will, and he answers them. But there's also some things that are not part of God's will. For whatever reason, we don't always get that or grasp that, and he doesn't answer those. He answers those with a no, or he answers those with a wait. I love the way that Theologian Garth Brooks puts it. He says, Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayer. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Bad grammar. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I mean, honestly, Garth Brooks kind of got it right there, that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers, but it's for a bigger reason. So that's the first reason I pray, is because God answers prayers, because God changes things with my prayers. Here's the second, is prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. Philippians chapter 4, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is from the book of Philippians. It was written by Paul. And when Paul wrote this, he wasn't sitting in his office overlooking the beauty of Jerusalem or overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. When Paul wrote this, he was in jail. He had a lot to be anxious about. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But Paul had a lot to be anxious about because he didn't know what his fate was going to be as he sat in this jail. He didn't know if he would be released. He didn't know if he would be in there just rotting away in jail for years upon years upon years because there was no guarantee of a speedy trial at that time. He didn't know if he would get to appear in front of Caesar, and that's the sense that he wanted to appear in front of Caesar to share the gospel. He didn't know if he'd be found guilty and stoned or found guilty and executed. He didn't know. But as he's writing this, he says, do not be anxious about anything but with prayer and petition. And then, and what does he say next? He says, and then God will answer the prayer that you want? No, that's not what it says. It says, and the peace of God will come upon you. You see, when I pray, God changes me. There's a uh, kind of a line that comes out. It's not a Bible verse, but it comes from a time when Jesus calmed a storm. He was in a boat. The disciples were like, wake up, wake up. You know, there's a storm, and then Jesus wakes up, and he calms the storm. And out of this comes this kind of saying It says, sometimes God calms the storm, and sometimes God lets the storm rage and calms his child. And that's why I love prayer. Because when I pray for things, God changes my heart. He brings me comfort. He brings me peace. He takes away my fear of the future. Sometimes God answers the prayers that I ask in the way that I want, and sometimes it's different. But all the time, he changes my heart. Here's the third reason that I pray. Again, these are my three. Think, as you think, we you say, yeah, that's one of my top four. No, that wouldn't be my top four. Maybe what would be your top four? But here's the third, is prayer deepens my relationship with God. It deepens my relationship with God. And this one really kind of flows out of the, the previous one in terms of the heart and the heart change. Um, but one of the things when it comes to prayer is I pour my heart out to God. You know, I'm asking for things, change me, change this, do this, I'm asking those. But part of me for prayer is just laying out my heart to God, saying this is where I'm at, this is what I'm struggling with, these are my doubts, and just bringing those before God. And he invites us to do that. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He invites us, he says, draw near to the throne of God. Be close to God. One of the things that I do, I'm going to make a kind of comparison here, but one of the things that I do in my relationship with Stacy uh, is that she and I go for a walk on the care trail with our dog for about 30 minutes. And we do this almost every day, probably five, six days a week, And it's a time where we can just connect, and we don't come with a list of, I want to talk about this, or I want to talk about that, but it's a time just for us to share, you know, how we're doing, what's going on, just just to share without too much of an agenda. But what that does with Stacy and I is it deepens our relationship, it connects us with each other on a regular basis. And so the growing side of my prayer life, and and kind of understand what I'm saying here, is, is mimicking my relationship with Stacy. In other words, I want to spend that type of extended time with God in the way that I do with Stacy. And, and I don't remember. Know if you remember this, but back in December, I gave a sermon on a December twelfth. Does anyone remember that one? No, of course not. So, but um, but there you do. Thanks, Jay. Thanks. I'm not even sure that was a Sunday. I made that date up. Um, but I but I gave a sermon. And, and I talked about the wise men and how wise men, the wise men sought after Jesus. And I gave this challenge to you, and, and this you may remember. But I said, what would it look like for the month of December if you sought after God the way that you really wanted to in life? Like for the month of December, just go for it and seek God with total abandon. What would that look like? What would change in your life? And my application of that sermon back in December is I was like, you know what would, what I would love to do is spend extended times with God in prayer. And so back in December, about twice a week, I take about 30 minutes, and I just pray with God. And on a typical day, I'll pray for a few minutes, but twice a week, I pray for 30 minutes, or I do my best to pray for 30 minutes. I still get distracted, but it's that time of God and myself, and it deepens my relationship with God. Here's the fourth one, is prayer motivates me to act. It motivates me to act. Colossians chapter 2, or excuse me, Colossians 4 says this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. At the beginning of that, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer and watchful be prayerful and be watchful in other words that part of what praying does is it reminds me to act in such a way that my prayers are answered right and i'm not saying that i answer my prayers but there is a part oftentimes when we pray that we're part of how god is going to respond and answer our prayers i'll give you two examples um One is I have a list of people who are not believers, and so I'm praying that they would become Christians. And so when I pray through that list, oftentimes I'll see that person the same day, and it reminds me maybe to initiate something. It kind of gives me something to act on in terms of, I'm praying for this person to become a Christian. Well, maybe I should engage them in some sort of gospel conversation or at least kind of throw something out there and see if they have that interest. Another example is... Uh, every week, uh, Jay Teodoro sends out a prayer email uh, to the prayer team at River Church. And so I get that, and I look through that, I read through that, and, and I pray for that, and I pray for those folks. And sometimes, and not every week, but sometimes God will prompt me to not just pray for somebody who's ailing or somebody who's struggling, but that God will also prompt me and say, hey, why don't you send this person an email? Why don't you pick up the phone and call that person? And so Prayer prompts me or causes me, motivates me to act. And by the way, if you would like to be a part of the prayer team, uh, River Ridge Church, uh, sign up for anything button, you can join the prayer team. It's on there. Or by the same uh, measure, if you have something that you would like River Ridge to pray for you about, go to uh, the River Ridge website and then click uh, ministries. And the ministry is called uh, care ministry. And you can fill out a little form there and we would love to pray for you.